uh, Katie's cigar can slap my ass all she wants. The Holler Kings, where the horrors southern fried. Hello, it's me, Craig. And it's me, Adam. And we're doing it live. I didn't set this up or anything. I just, I just pressed record and started. So Adam was totally unprepared. <laughs> That's right. I was. Also, we're the Holler Kings. Holler at your boys, y'all. <laughs> the motherfucking Holler Kings! Woo! Role reversals. Absolutely. Today... We're talking about torn hearts. Torn hearts. So you want me to do a song with you? Y'all any good? Well, we'd love to show you. Which one of you is better? Uh, or equals. Yeah. You better drink my damn booze. Torn hearts with Harper Dutch is a great idea. We're doing a song with Harper This is how we celebrate. This is weird. Pretty sure Harper killed Hope. Oh my God. Harper is trying to turn us against each other. This is my house. I will tear it to shreds to get to you too. The girls just came by for some free advice on a whim. Nothing's free in Nashville, is it? It's true. This is a new release that came out this, this year, earlier in the year. It is available on Epics and uh, anywhere you can rent movies to stream. So uh, you can check it out quite easily. The star is uh, Miss Katie Seagal. And do you know the director's name? Peggy Bundy, Bria Grant. Bria Grant, who made some waves with her previous film, right? It was like 12 hour shift. Yes. Have you seen that one? I have not. Yeah, I haven't either. I I watched the trailer after I watched this film and was intrigued. So it's kind of an up-and-coming director. And yeah, she, I mean, she's been around in the horror genre for a little bit, but she she just mainly started directing here. But she made she did make a movie called, I think it's called Best Friends Forever, that it's not really horror. It's kind of gets a little apocalyptic at one point, at some point, because it takes place kind of during the apocalypse, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. It was from like 2013 or something like that. So it was, it was a little while. It's been a while since I watched it, but and it was actually pretty good. I liked it. Uh, I was completely ignorant of who this was when, when I when I just now looked her up and oh, recognize her as an actor and stuff like that. To yeah. to be fair, one of the biggest reasons I she's on my radar and I know who she is is because yeah. early she's been on there a couple times, but early days of the movie Crypt podcast, she's been she was on there. Mm as a guest and stuff so i kind of discovered her from that and kind of so she's been on my radar for many years since back then and i think that might have been around the time best friends forever came out that (laughs) she was on the podcast but yeah i mean she's kind of been she's done a lot of different horror movies acting and stuff like that she was in one of the rob zombie halloweens yeah um but yeah yeah and she just recently started Hit, getting behind like the writer and director's chair and stuff. 
Um, she is uh, from Texas, yes. so there are also a little True bit of southern roots. This this film takes place in Nashville, and it's based around the uh, country music industry mm-hmm. that we're so well known for. Oh yeah, if you don't know, uh, Adam and I live close to Nashville. We live on the outskirts. We live on the holler. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, that, that's that's why I picked it because I was th- I thought, oh man, we we gotta. This is like close to home. It's another Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. While we do kind of always cover the South, we don't get too many set in Tennessee. Specific. And even fewer specifically Nashville. Right. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, so tell me how you felt about this one. Um, should we kind of give a synopsis first? I don't know. I, yes. <laughs> give us a brief synopsis. Um. In short, just to be some quick. It's about this band, Torn Hearts, yeah. as the title Titular is named, who are up and comers. They're playing, you know, little sets and bars, things like that. They're trying to come up, and make a big name for themselves in the country scene. Uh, they end up being able to come across a who is sort of like an infamous uh, country star who has been out of the game for a while right. played by Katie uh, Miss Peggy Bundy herself. Miss yes. um, uh, Gemma. Uh, <laughs> she, uh, so they go to her house in order to try to get her to collaborate on a song with them, hopefully rising them to stardom. And it does not go as they wanted it to. Yeah. Great, so. great synopsis. The, yeah. the the band Torn Hearts is primarily a duo. I mean, it's it's really what we focus on. It's right. Yeah. A pair of young ladies, um, and one of these women is more of the songwriter and musician. Yes. And the other one is more of like the face. She's like the primary singer, but she looks more uh, traditionally attractive. So she's kind of pushed up front as right. like you know this is the star or whatever, right? <laughs> Um, so we get that dynamic pretty early on. Uh, Mr. Joshua Leonard plays yeah. their, their manager slash one of their boyfriends. Uh, Good old... His character's just named Josh and Blair Witch Project, I think so, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They just went by their actual names. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, he's in it. I always love seeing him come into something. You, he hits around in horror every once in a while. He's got a lot of range because I, I remember he popped up in Bates Motel... Did he? Uh, for a few episodes, okay. and he played kind of like a milk toast psychiatrist. Oh, so yeah. it was kind of neat seeing him play like like a quiet kind of like weaselly type guy. Yeah, Because yeah. usually he's like a bombastic, you know, kind of pushy type guy. Did you ever see bit. him? Oh, this kind of going off topic, yeah. but uh, that movie Unsane. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was good yeah, in it. He, he was really right. good in that. So, so he, he's another one of the, you know, there's a lot of Blair Witch references in this, this podcast. That's how we do. He's definitely it's not that. Blair Witch. It's Larry Fessenden. And <laughs> it's the one for this episode. So, yeah, like he, he's definitely one of the, um, the Blair Witch alums that's done really well for himself and carved out like a real, you know, solid career and everything. Right. He's, and he's good in this. I guess yeah, you, he's a, you hate him. He's a douchebag. So, yeah, he did a great job. Well, I guess we should mention the character names and the actors playing yes, them real quick. Yes, you got Jordan uh, is played by I'm not sure Her? I'm not sure of the their their names the kind of the Torn Hearts band I don't yeah. know their their the, real names. The real names. So Jordan is the songwriter character, and she's played by Abby Quinn, 
And then uh, Lee is the, the the singer of the duo, and she's played by oh Lord, Alexis Lemire Lemire. One of That's those. all correct. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then uh, you got of course Katie Seagal. Right. She plays Harper. Is, yes. Is, is her character name right? Who was in a band with her sister? Yeah. Back in the day, called. Yeah, I guess it's just the Duchess sisters. Yeah. That kind of right. parallels our main characters because you know they have a duo in Torn Hearts. Yeah, how did you feel about this one? I, uh, you know, I liked it. I, I really, I really actually like. It's so. I think I'm just getting old, mm. but these stories that have. Man, it's kind of getting in, starting to get into the weeds of it. Let, let's just say, we'll get into that here in a minute. I, I did, I enjoyed it overall. How'd you feel about it? S- same. I, 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 I thought, you know, for a modest budget, you know, thriller that was kind of set in one location yeah. for the most part, I think they did a great job. It had a really small cast. And mm-hmm. considering it's really only five people in the entire movie and only three Basically, of them yeah. are really prominent all through it. I think they did a great job. I mean, Katie Seagal definitely carries this thing. I, I think if it had been cast with someone else, it would have been a much rougher movie, you know, yeah. and, and potentially not as good by any stretch. But still, I mean, I, I, I had a lot of fun with it. And, and again, you know, we're talking about the whole like, you know, we're, we're going back to different eras of like the psycho bitty hag exploitation type yeah. stuff. It ha- has kind of that feel of, uh, you know, whatever happened to Baby Jane. Yeah, I was going to say type of, something like that. Yeah. Something in that vein, for so sure. if you're into that sort of thing, this is definitely up your alley. They're, they modernized that genre a little bit uh, and played around with some, you know, tropes of the music industry and uh, maybe, like, women's, you know, the whole, like, sisterhood, you know, right. idea, right? You know, you're always, like, helping each other, and it's like, uh, are you? You know, it kind of yeah. plays around with that some, so... Uh, yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm trying to think of where I wanted to You, go you had a criticism, it sounded like. No, no, it's not It's not at all. Cri- okay, yeah, we can go ahead and we can yeah. start getting to the weeds of it. No, it's not a criticism at all. Really, all it, it's more of me personally. Mm-hmm. I just feel like, because you, you get to this point, okay, so as you start, as the story starts going, they go to the house and... Uh, Immediately, something is off with Katie Seagal's character. Yeah. It's a Harper. Can I just call her Gemma? <laughs> Har- Harper. Yeah. There, immediately, something's kind of off with her. Um, there's this whole motif of like her constantly tapping glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm not sure exactly what that's supposed to be about. Mm. If it's just supposed to be, if it's just a character tick that is just kind of you know, kind of put out there on display Mm -hmm. or if there's supposed to be something else behind it. Um, But she's kind of off, a little off from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And it it just gets into this whole story of how desperate are you for fame and fortune and, Mm -hmm. What will you do and what will you put up with to get there? We we do have some elements of some of the characters being not the best people 
and not mm-hmm. the best characters to root for. And it can, it's almost a little nihilistic in that frame. And I think just in my older age, it's harder to watch those stories than they used to be. Mm-hmm. Like back in my 20s, I was like, yeah, everything's fucking terrible. I hate everything. <laughs> yeah, be as nihilistic right. as possible. But now I'm just like, oh, man. I don't know. It's just harder to watch it now for me. I don't know why. Well, because I want to, I want to like both of these girls. And as soon as you get into the elements of can they be horrible people to achieve what they want, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, don't be horrible to each other. <laughs> just, just don't. Well, I think I feel like there's some really delicate like alchemy in the script in the direction because. They kind of have to give you enough of these two people, like the you know the 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 main characters, the song you know the the duo Torn Hearts. You, you have to give them enough. You have to like them enough to worry about what's going to happen right. to them when they're in peril. Yeah. But yet they have to be unlikable enough that you get a kick out of Katie Seagal fucking with them. Yeah. So I think that's kind of the alchemy going on where they're not completely the traditional protagonists that you root for. For sure. But they're likable enough to where you don't want to see them just straight up murdered, right? You you want to see them, you know, survive this encounter or whatever. Well, it's funny enough because that part, I mean, that part is there and th- that part doesn't bother me as much on a psychological level. Yeah. It's just the friend's what they'll do to each other that bothers me. <laughs> right, If right. that makes any sense. But, but I, I can see that. I, th- I do think that's what they're playing with, though. Yeah, for sure. There's this idea in, I think, uh, in more glamorous circles. Like, uh, like, I don't think this really happens in real-life jobs. Maybe it does. I have no... You know what? I take that back because I have no grounding in that. But, like, I feel like when you hear about, you know, people that work in movies and music and stuff, that, like... It's like they're all helping each other out if they're women, you know. Right, There's yeah. almost kind of like a trope of that or like a stereotype of that, and I think this is kind of slowing down to go. That's not true <laughs> all the time. Right, yeah. Like there's lots of times where women backstab each other and yeah, pit, sure. pit themselves against each other and, and and that sort of thing. So that's kind of, I feel like what's going on here, and and I guess that's what happened. Yeah, that, that's the origin story of Gemma's character or of. <laughs> Of, yeah, uh, yeah. of Harper. Harper, yeah. It is, you know, she had a, a tragedy with her co-writing partner or, you know, her, her partner and, yeah, it was and the, sister. Sister, yeah, the yeah. Duchess. Is it du- Duchess? Sorry. I think so. I think so. Just Dutch. Maybe the they Dutch. are called the... Well, the duo. The duo. We'll just go with that. <laughs> yeah, like... Uh, you know, she died under mysterious circumstances and supposedly like killed herself. Right. But even Joshua Lennon's character at one point mentions there were our rumors and stuff like that. So it's kind of up in the air about what exactly happened, but, and then she's been reclusive ever since she, she hasn't really recorded or anything like that. She mentions at a certain point that she got a big spike in cells after her sister died. So maybe she's just kind of, yeah, maybe she's kind of living off those, you know, the steams of that still. Um, And they were, they were huge in the nineties where you could make some money off of it. It's true. It's true. But yeah, she, she lives in kind of a gray gardens esque, you know, mansion that's Mm kind of like dilapidated on the exterior. The interior looks pretty good. Yeah. Um, 
and and these two young ladies they think that they're going to go there and i guess sweep her off her feet in hopes of recording with her it's kind of esoteric what they really expect in this visit i mean it kind of seems it's just pure desperation on their part right they both so badly you have jordan who really just wants to passionately like get her music out there and just write and just create and then you got lee who just just as passionately really wants to make a name for herself and wants that to that fame and to have everybody know who she is and i think it's just out of their collective desperation that jordan manages to get it's never quite clear how how she got i mean there's a whole scene where she gets the address from this uh, guy who's a big country star but in the scene we see mm. she he's refusing it to give it to her mm-hmm. so I don't know if he eventually finally gave it to her or if she like somehow like found the address there or something right but anyway it's not that important I think just out of their desperation once they get that they're like man this is one of our idols we need to take the next step this could be it. Let's boss to the wall. Just go to her house. Mm. It's the only way we can get a hold of her. She's not in the industry anymore. Let's just go. And I think it's just out of that pure desperation of just like trying to get what they want. Well, and, and Lee is like a huge fan of, yes. of Harper. So, I mean, she's like diehard and knows all these facts. I mean, it's like trivia style facts mm-hmm. about like the favorite type of, you know, pie that she likes. And Even though that was not hers. That was <sighs> apparently Hope's. Yeah. Was it Hope? Yeah, I think so. Well, yeah. if yeah. I don't give a shit. I think it is. At this point, I don't care. <laughs> Her sister. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like one thing that I thought was really funny uh, kind of backtracking just a little bit in their opening song, which is a cute, fun song or whatever, but like very pop country. But right. yeah, it was fine. And uh, Joshua Leonard's character is like, "Hey, you know, we have this huge country music star scouting you," and uh, the the torn heart ki- of singers, they're like, uh, "We don't know if we want to open for that guy because he's he kind of does like he, what does he want like a soccer mom yeah band to open for him?" And I was like. You guys literally... That's just, what y'all just played. You literally just did a soccer mom song. I mean, that's literally what a soccer mom would listen to is what they displayed or whatever. Like, that's kind of how I felt, too. And, and I, I didn't know... Like, ah. I was like, did they just not... Was that kind of part of the joke? Or were they just kind of... They didn't know 100% what kind of song they'd be playing <laughs> when they read the script, maybe? Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. But also, it, it, was just, it was one of the only times I kind of got taken out of the movie just a little bit where I, right. I was kind of questioning the tone a little bit. But after that, I mean, it's pretty solid and I knew exactly what they were going for. I mean, what point do you think you would have left? Like, what's like the official? Because I think, is it Jordan? Is that her name? The the songwriter. Songwriter. Yeah. She seems put off as soon as Katie Segal's character slaps her ass. Yeah. She's, she's already like, like, what? Yeah. Like this is weird. She's acting weird. I don't know if I want to do that. Like she's already kind of putting the brakes on it. Um, and that's sorry. No, I was just gonna say it's implied that. Jordan is the one with all the talent. Right. So she has less to lose yes. by leaving this scenario. Whereas the other character, 
you know, she's a little bit more desperation mode because right. I think she feels the clock ticking just a little bit. Which is odd because she wasn't into the idea of going there at all at first. Yeah. Uh. But once but she's there, she's all right, the fuck right. in. Starstruck. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I think I'd like to say that's around the time when I would bounce out. Not the ass slapping. Uh, Katie Seagal can slap my ass all she wants. Um, but I'll, I'll open the podcast with that. <laughs> Do that. Um, I would say, I think the point where she destroys her guitar that she had on her infamous 93 tour that was on display, the moment she destroyed that, I was kind of like, I feel, I'd like to think that I'd be like, oh, it's time to get the fuck out right. of here. Something's going like, on Like, thanks here. for your time, but yeah, we, get, we, we, we actually good. have to be, we're supposed to be at the studio today. And, yeah, yeah it's, I mean, time, it's time to go. Thank you. Yeah. It was great to meet you. Uh, what about you? I mean, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, there, there were just several moments where I was like, I had to kind of suspend disbelief a little bit and yeah. accept that these characters are staying for the long haul. And but it was like, it was like I was saying, it's that, this is really a, sort of a kind of a study of how desperate are you for fame and fortune? What are you willing to ignore for that? Mm-hmm. You know? Well, that's what, uh, I mean, and they do a great job of kind of ratcheting it up and everything. Because, again, there's only, there's only three characters for the majority of this movie. Basically. And so the obviously the kill count is extremely low. <laughs> so so I mean they they do a great job of you know they still give you suspense and thrills and everything even though you don't know how much of a threat Katie Seagal really is. Yeah, it's like is she just like really eccentric and cruel and just is enjoying pitting these two against each other because that that's really the bulk of the movie is her kind of whispering in each one's ear. Yeah, it's a lot of head games right. stuff where she pulls one aside and like, you're the great one. You're the one that does right. this and that and that. And then pulling the other one aside, you know. Katie Skull's character, she sees herself a lot in uh, Jordan yes. and, and notices like, you know, because she was also the songwriter and her sister so, was so, kind of the face. Right, yeah. There's that dynamic between yeah. the two bands throughout the movie. So, um, yeah, it is It is a lot of tension. Mm-hmm then it is like crazy shit happening. It's more just building up that tension of like, okay, just keep, you know, twisting that ratchet. Like where are we building to here? Yeah. Yeah. And it's all these little digs of a knife into like, what are, what's going to happen? And I I think, I think that all worked out really well. I I agree too. I, I think the, I felt like the story went to like a fun place, uh, with the resolution, since this is still kind of in current release and it's so new, I don't want to. Yeah, like, I don't want to get. I don't want to get too much into it past yeah. that. But I, I felt very satisfied with the ending. I thought what it had to say about, you know, kind of women in this industry and how supposedly they hold each other up, but maybe not so much sometimes. Right. Uh, and also, obviously, like men in this industry and how they can maybe be a little dismissive and completely willing to dislike co-opt you know yeah uh, like a movement you know and everything that because you know that's kind of on display in this movie a little bit there's a point that's i mean it's at the end where you're just like fucking man god (laughs) damn it it's pretty great though yeah but yeah it it is bleakly honest in a way i guess where you're just like fucking shit
You want to speak about a little bit about the Nashville of it? Like, how did it feel on those terms to you? That's one of the only things that kind of bothered me mm -hmm. was the accents. Yeah, like a good trooper, I looked up everybody, and no one is from the South in the main cast. Yeah, I, mean, they're I all think like, it may, might just be Bria Grant. It's from um, the south, I, and I don't know for sure about Joshua Leonard. I'm assuming he's not from the south. Yeah, uh, but Katie Seagal is obviously Californian. I think the actor that plays Jordan is from Michigan. Lee is from New Hampshire. So like none of these people are authentically southern. And I feel like the actor playing Jordan is trying to do a southern accent sometimes. It, 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 it comes it on. It, yeah, yeah, it comes on a little strong in in some of the some of the dialogue. And some of the line delivery deliveries, mm -hmm. uh, it's very, it's just like, oh, yeah. okay, we get it. You're from the South. But that's like one of my only criticisms of like this Southern elements of it. She, her accent, the, the actor that played Jordan, which I liked her, but. I did too. Yeah, as an actor and everything. But her accent felt like, kind of like when Madonna lived in England for a while. And yes. she had a faux British accent yeah. after a while. It felt like that. It felt like maybe she's in that culture and kind of adopted some of the mannerisms. And and it just feels, for someone that's native, it feels a little hollow sometimes or overreaching I, I a little bit. I feel like that it's an issue with a lot of movies set in the South is there, there's no time taken to put any nuance to it. It's just... Oh, talk like this right here, mm. and we'll just go with that. And just, just you hit some words harder than others, yeah. and talk a little slower, and that sort yeah. of thing. And, and in fairness, I mean, they they want the flavor. Don't say, don't say wash, say wash, <laughs> and we're good. <laughs> they, they they want the flavor and everything. Yeah, I mean, if you really spend time in Nashville, unfortunately, you you would learn that accents are kind of all over the place, and there's mm -hmm. plenty of people that don't have accents. Um, it, but I guess you don't. You want the southernness of it, yeah. and especially in these characters that are involved in the country music industry. And I, I, I totally get that. You <laughs> just dialed it down. Yeah, a little for bit. sure. Because I thought Katie Seagal was in the perfect spot. Yeah. Where every now and then, like a little bit, you know, It'd get a little too heightened. Right. But... but for the most part, she just played it like she would play any character, as far as her as far as her speech goes. It was more just like an embodiment, and I, and I thought that was kind of way, the way to go personally, but. Yeah, like it was cool seeing you know Nashville proper in right, the movie seeing a few like times. some clips of yeah, because yeah. I don't know if they filmed the whole thing in Nashville, but there are definitely some parts where it's, at least some exteriors. Yeah, 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 for sure. I don't know. I mean, our main setting setting is at uh, Harper's house. Yeah, kind of a nice McMansion. So definitely. I don't know if that was all in in Nashville, but there are definitely, like you said, exteriors are definitely Nashville mm -hmm. and feel very Nashville. And the club that they were at in the beginning sequence very, it felt like yeah. it, it felt like a you know a place out here for sure. I could totally, I'm I'd be surprised if that's not a place up in Nashville, especially in the year 2022. Yeah, it felt like a modern you know yeah bar yeah, out for here. Sure. So yeah, it felt felt pretty authentic. Just you know some fumbling with the uh, accents here and there. Yeah, uh, the songs I thought sounded pretty cool. I mean, mm -hmm. they sounded very pop modern country yeah it's definitely that pop country but yeah. it i mean it was all done well yeah they weren't trying to be like authentic it wasn't supposed to be like this is a revelation yeah these are like yeah you know this is like the next emmy lou harris or something it, it wasn't that it was supposed to be you know these are like the people that are doing the shake your hips for me girl like those type songs and right. stuff like that so <laughs> 
But yeah, so it passes the test as far as being a Southern movie and being a nice, you know, sufficient thriller. I am going to go ahead and say I recommend this. Uh-huh. And I think people should check it out if they're interested in, you know, Southern horror and everything. Uh, again, it's kind of skews towards more of a thriller and, you know, that kind of old school uh the thing with um, Betty Davis and whatever happened to Baby yeah, Jane? Yeah, that completely slipped my mind. <laughs> no, that's good. Whatever happened to Baby Jane is definitely a DNA of that sort of mm-hmm. subgenre in this. Yeah. Uh, and it's awesome seeing uh, Katie Seagal like, choose some scenery and have always some fun. love seeing her and stuff. Yeah. She's so fucking good, man. The the uh, there's a uh, point in the movie where she is wielding a pink shotgun, and oh, I, that just, scene I loved is it. So I it was great. great. Um, so some of the visuals are a lot of fun. Uh, this is competently shot and every now and then it looks a little bit like TV movie-esque but I mean this is on a budget yeah, so you kind of yeah. have to kind of roll with it a little bit but I'm going to go ahead and grade it I'm gonna, I'm jumping ahead okay because uh, I, I feel like if we talk about it too much yeah, we'll give I, away a movie that's I mean, still kind of out yeah, you I, know, know? I know we've gotten to some spoiler territory some yeah. fairly early movies but this one feels like we should let y'all go into it as cold as we can. Yeah. Um, Do you have anything else you want to say about it before we grade it, though? I, I don't mean to cut you off. Um, no, because really, there's so most of what we could say about it would be getting too spoilery. Right. Because a lot of it comes at the end. There is mm-hmm. a lot of great tension building, as we mentioned earlier. And the, there's all these dynamics of like going in between... The sort of comparisons of the Duchess, Dutch sisters, or and uh, torn hearts, and how they kind of are one in the same sort of in 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 uh, Katie Seagal's character's head, anyways. So I, I really I, like you said the stuff I'd want to mention that isn't too spoiler is like her running around with the shotgun, which was a blast. There mm. was this one scene that it kind of made me think it was going to, we had this one scene. It's when it's after the first night, uh, Jordan wakes up, she's in different clothes mm. in a bed that she doesn't remember getting in. They had been up drinking and there's a point she walks out of the room and then from behind her, you see a figure like, come into frame and like slam the door closed. Right, right. And then she cuts, tries to go get the door open and can't. And then she walks down the hall and ends up at another door and looks in and Katie Seagal is there sitting there talking to somebody. And I was like, wait, was that Seagal in the room before? And how Mm. that, that kind of, I don't know if you clocked that, but it just kind of confused me. Yeah. I can see that. Because at some point I was like, wait, is this going to be like supernatural or something? Or is this some going to be something where like the sister is still alive, but like monstrous or crazy, something? Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what that was about. Yeah. I, I, I don't I know if there's some like geography of the house that we just didn't get, weren't privy to. Mm. That she was able to slam that and somehow get out and go into a different room or I something. I don't know. That confused me. But there, there is also. I mean, speaking of geography of the house, there's one part towards the end of the film where there is a dead body in the home, and Katie Seagal is like, 
leading the two torn heart members uh-huh. through the house, but like doing ushering them in ways where they wouldn't stumble across <laughs> the body, it, yeah. which I thought was a really funny gag. <laughs> where it was just like, oh no, 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 come this way, come this way, and they're like, what? Like you know, like all like naive about it. At that point, the, when this starts to escalate, there is a certain point where I'm like, well, how are they being so naive about? Like, I feel like things have escalated to the point where they would be a little bit more skeptical and a little bit more, like, questioning what the hell is going on. Yeah. But, they, again, I guess what it, you're saying, that they want fame at all costs, that, that's so the they're only, just rolling That's with the it. only thing that I can clock with is it's just that. Yeah. And I'm like, how do y'all not see into her bullshit? Right. Even, and, like, I don't know. It, that was a frustrating part for me, but I don't... I'm not saying that in a bad thing i think that's what its intent is it's not a negative on the movie you're supposed to feel that frustration i feel like Mm. and just like god damn it just get out of the fucking house well it's what uh on the other hand too it's like you think of katie seagal's character being a recluse for decades and then just like all it takes is a couple people stumbling across her house for her to be like you know what I'm going to go full tilt. Let's like, do this. We're, like, I have lived comfortably and normal for 30 years, but these two young people coming to my house, I guess just seeing a duo that reminds her of her own yeah. duo back in the day triggers something, and she mm-hmm. just goes off the deep end and decides to do this Machiavellian you know, power play against these two and turn them against each other. And pit, it's like hunger games at a certain point where she's like having them fight each other and yeah. you know, who wants it the most. I mean, it's pretty and that, intense stuff. That, that's when it gets into the parts where I'm like, come on, y'all are friends. Don't, <laughs> yeah, fucking, right. Don't be it's pretty this, hard to, to don't to do this yeah. shit. I mean, I, I could totally, I mean, shit like that has happened. Right. You know, I was just seeing something about a new documentary about, I, I didn't pay too much attention to it, so I can't even pull any specifics of even what the name is. But I just kind of got the headline that it's about this woman who was killed, who was on some TV show, mm. and it was a co-star that like had her killed or something. Oh, wow. So it's like, I mean, this stuff is really can happen. It's out there, but it, so it's, I mean, it's believable that it can happen, but it's just like, I want to fucking like y'all. I don't want y'all. Right. Don't don't be like this to each other, guys. <laughs> Play nice. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I got all that nihilistic shit out in my twenties. I'm like, <laughs> give me something a, give me something a little happy. Y'all are supposed to be a force against her, and she's supposed to be a force against you. Y'all aren't supposed to be a force against each other. Mm. And that that part is harder for me to accept but I, I see why they were doing it i see what it was about it's just i'm fragile <laughs> <laughs> let's let's uh let's let's go ahead and stick the landing with it i i do once again i do recommend this i think it's totally worth checking out uh, i give it a I'd say a solid b you know how about you i am going to say absolutely i recommend this movie yeah. I had a great time with it. It was good. It was tense. It was uncomfortable at times. Mm. And I think that's some of the best things you can ask for in a horror movie. Sure. I thought all everybody was great in it. In and which really is paramount in a movie that's basically three people in a house the yeah. whole time. Yeah. And Katie Seagal is on point as always. She's so fucking great. Uh Man, I, I I really did. I really liked it. And I was, you know, 
it was just torn hearts country music i was like when i first heard about it you know a few weeks back or something i was like i was like that could be all right i didn't know really what to think right. about it the only thing i was like bria grant that's cool and katie seagal fuck yeah i'll give it a shot um, but I, I didn't know what to expect out of it. But I ended up really, really liking it. Well, it's a, I vaguely remember seeing the trailer and thinking it looked a little bit Lifetime movie-ish. I could see at, it. At moments, I, get, I was, like, was kind of surprised. Just like you said, it kind of gets into those like TV-looking yeah. elements at times. Um, yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see that. But if someone's on the fence about this, I would definitely, mm. definitely watch it. Even if you don't want to rent it, just you can subscribe to the Epics channel. Oh, right. And watch it, and if you don't like it or they don't have anything else you like, you can always cancel. I think there's like a seven-day free trial or something. Mm. Uh, but no, I really liked it. What and did, I'm, I'm psyched that Bria Grant kind of knocked it out of the park with this. I, I want to go back and watch. I've been kind of – I've had, you know – 12 hour shift in my queue for a while now i really want to go back and watch it and check it out now. same here i mean i watched this with my wife and and she blatantly said oh this is like someone to follow from now on because that was yeah. like really fun and we watched the trailer for, to 12 hour shift and thought it looked like a fun one too so did you ever watch lucky that was on shutter refresh me what is that it's uh i don't think so okay i don't it's, think so bria grant stars in it and yeah. she wrote it i forget who the director is it's someone else she didn't direct it as well and it's about in short it's about this woman who keeps getting attacked by this masked man mm -hmm. um every night basically uh i don't know it but it's if especially if kia like this one and stuff and wanted to follow Bria Grant more. I definitely, and it's on Shudder. Mm -hmm. So it's called Lucky. Uh, be one to check out. Torn Hearts, I loved a whole lot more. Cool. I thought it, I thought it was great. Uh, so I don't know where we're supposed to go next. What was I saying? Oh, that's my, I got to rate it. Yes. Okay. Um, so yeah, definitely check out Torn Hearts. And I would, you know, I think, would you give it? I give it a B. I think I'm going to give it a B too. Yeah. Definitely above average and worth your time. Yeah. So, yeah. For sure. Solid. Solid effort. And and definitely looking forward to more from the director. I think it's a first-time writer, by the way. It's um, Rachel uh, Collarcroft. Okay. She's new to the... Because she doesn't have very many credits. Actually, she only has one other credit outside of this. What is it? Something called uh, Lady Bits. Hmm. It's a reality series. Oh, okay. So... <laughs> First time writer, or you know, first time published, yeah. I guess. Or. I was gonna say the name sounds familiar, but it may just be like watching the trailer for this mm. or something. Um, but Solid yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah, check it out. Check it out. It's a good, it's a good time, and can't, I'm gonna go check out Twelve Hour Shift. Is that what it's called? I think so. Yeah. 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 I want to check it out. It's been in my queue forever. It's time to <laughs> time to watch. Pull it. that trigger. Here on the Holler Kings, we like to end every episode with a segment called Holler at Your Boys. Yeah! Oh, holler back, y'all. Wait, no, that's last. Oh. <laughs> You're all mixed up. I am. What did I usually you say? You say holler at your boys, y'all. Oh, okay, that's it. Yeah. I just did it. Sorry, well, we did that. Even though, no, you flubbed it. No, no biggie. <laughs>
no biggie. Holla at your boys, y'all. <laughs> uh, but you, once again, have brought something to the table. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, I thought uh, an interesting topic to discuss would be any redemption movies um, that you may have. And basically what I mean by that, like, watching... Is there any movies you've watched at a time where you absolutely hated them mm-hmm. or didn't get what they were saying or anything? Maybe you were too young. Uh, whatever the case may be that you eventually then watch later on, you know, a few years down the road or whatnot, and we're like, oh, okay, wait, never mind. I really, I really dig this movie. Um, I don't know. I just think that's an interesting thing, how we can kind of either our taste change or mm. uh, it's just something that maybe we were just in a bad mood the first time or not in the right headspace. And then you can watch something and be like, Oh shit. No, that's really, it's really good. Um, I, I have a couple, uh, my main one would be, it's not horror, but uh, the assassination of Jesse James, by the coward Robert Ford. Mm hmm. I think that's the title. Was that Brad Pitt and uh, Casey Affleck yeah. is the other, and that that was one of those movies where I, I saw it very early on Blu-ray when it was released, mm-hmm. and just thought it was really pretentious, and was like, I don't understand why people liked this movie. It has like it's very overwrought at times, and has like narration that seemed a little melodramatic to me, and almost like yeah. parody when I when I saw it the first time. And then, like, years later, I saw, like, a scene out of context on YouTube, and I was like, this is, this, like, really resonated with me for some reason. Like, I'm going to go back and watch this movie, and now it's, like, probably one of my top five movies. Really? I, mean, I, I love that movie now, and it's just kind of weird to think back on that, I mean, I think I, like, literally told people I thought it was just, like, uh, too, like, smelling its own farts and, you know, pretentious or whatever, right. and I don't know, for whatever reason... It worked for me like a yeah. second watch, and now it's one of my favorites. Uh, it's pretty long because I feel like I've tried to show it to people, and it's almost like a movie you have to discover on your own. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, and watch alone. Like, I don't think it's like a group watch type of thing, but yeah, yeah that's definitely one. The other would be Alien vs. Predator. When, when I first saw that I'm, movie, I'm listening. <laughs> when I first saw that movie, I thought, no, I wouldn't say I love it. Yeah. But when I first saw that movie, I thought it was like, Easily one of the worst fucking movies I'd ever seen in my life. I mean, I just thought it was so terrible. I hated the idea of aliens getting drafted into the Predator universe. Like, I thought that was just like a fun little Easter egg in Predator Part 2 that they have. Like an alien-like, you know, thing in their trophy room. Skeleton. Yeah. Which makes no sense because an alien, they have like uh, insect physiology. So it's an exoskeleton. Right. They wouldn't have a skeleton yeah. <laughs> to have a trophy of. But anyway, like uh, it bugged me, and, I, and I, I didn't really like that idea. And it's just a bad... I know intellectually it's a bad movie, but I watched it recently, and uh, I think I'd seen a quote from James Cameron where he was like, yeah, I think it's like my third favorite Alien movie. Like he was just talking about how he actually kind of enjoyed it. Really? And like I kind of watched it with that in mind and kind of thought, you know what, like... This is like just a fun, dumb movie. Like, like I don't know that they were setting out to do much more than just have like silly fun with the premise of aliens yeah. and predators fighting and like uh, regular people being caught in the middle of it. I think that's kind of funny too in retrospect. 
like it's not like mercenaries or even like super great scientists or whatever. It's just they're almost like regular people caught in the middle of all this shenanigans. So yeah, soft version that one. Right. You know what I mean, where I just kind of appreciated it for the dumb fun that it was in retrospect. Um, maybe maybe I need to go back and watch it and check it because I remember when I watched it was around when it came out, and that was also around my twenties where I'm mm-hmm. like. Everything fucking sucks. Right, right. You know, so took everything too seriously. And so movies like that, like watching like Underworld or something like that, I was like, this is fucking stupid. But watching that, I'm like, this is a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, just, it's just a, it's enjoyable. Sometimes you have to, it's it's like the thing about aging, and we talked about this off mic, is kind of realizing that nothing is really made for you anymore. That like a lot of stuff that you loved growing up, is made for that age group. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's why sometimes I kind of accept like with scream, that's what we were ranting about before we recorded, uh, is that the modern scream, you know, this most recent one wasn't made for me. It was made for 16 year olds or maybe even younger. So yeah. How about you? I ranted too long there. What no, you- no, not at all. Um, I'd say one of the biggest ones, uh, that I hate to even admit is The Shining. Oh, you didn't like it at first. I fucking hated it. Really? Yes. Did you give me the context of how you um, saw it? I this had a this was at a time where I was 13, 12, mm. 13, 14. This is around the time where all I saw in horror what got me wanting to watch horror was slashers. Sure. And I took it as it was just going to be a dude going crazy and trying to kill his family with an axe. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's not that it's not just that that there's so much more subtext to it and there's more story to it and the this whole supernatural element to it. I went away after having seen it and was just like the fuck was that bullshit? I just wanted you know, I wanted Jason. I wanted Ghostface. I wanted just a killer killing people. That's I can understand that from a 12-year-old perspective yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I absolutely hated it. Um, but a couple years ago, I said, I was on this kick of redemption movies, like watching movies that I didn't like as a kid or when I saw them in most of them failed. Most of them still I, I didn't like. But Shining was one that I went back and watched and was just blown away by. Mm. I was so impressed with that movie and how good it is. And just the dynamics of Nicholson's performance. And a little, people don't really talk about it, but uh, Shelley Duvall's performance in it yeah. is so understated and so heartbreaking and it's just it's insane how good she is in that movie like that that whole scene at the beginning i her, again it's one of those things it, it's become a joke over time but everybody just talks about the performance of the cigarette which yeah. i get it's funny you know it's got it but it's about how huge the ash yeah, gets yeah, right yeah yeah but her her struggle in that scene with trying to be a good mom, but a good 
a good wife as well and fear of her husband and fear of not being able to protect her son and mm. all this stuff just she doesn't even really say anything just what she fucking delivers with her eyes and her face is just ah it's it's insane how yeah. good it is and there's another scene of hers it's a scene it's a scene where she goes into him when he's at the typewriter and i forget what she's saying she's telling him about something and he just blows up at her and starts like yelling at her and stuff and it's another one of those just how quiet and sad she is able to make that performance and then she comes in sweet and happy and she's telling him about something and he just loses it on her and you just see the joy drain off of her face (laughs) and it's just like man she's so good in that movie but that movie overall is just incredible. I'd say that's probably the main one. The other one would be, I wouldn't say I hated it, but the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Really? Yeah. Wow. Which, I, the only thing I could chalk it up to is maybe just like a crummy VHS tape of it or something. Mm. It just... I I just watched it, and after I finished, I was just like, well, I watched that, I guess. Um, It just didn't have an impact on me. And I don't know, like I said, like I remember like the night scenes not being able to see anything, so I can only chalk it up to like a terrible VHS. Because it was only a couple years later that I rewatched it around when the remake came out, and they re-released it on DVD, Mm -hmm. the original. And I bought that DVD up and watched it and was blown away by it. Hmm. And so, I don't know what it... Like I said, I did, it wasn't that I hated it. I was just kind of indifferent to it the first time I watched it. Do you think it may have been because, you know, the expectations of someone that loves slashers are for the, you know, money shots and gore yeah. effects? In the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's almost all implied violence for, for sure. the most part. You think that may have affected it a little bit? I, I totally. Yeah. That, that could absolutely be it. Because it was all about the slasher film when I was a teenager. Mm. So I, I could totally see that it was just where it... I hadn't yet... Because um, I know a lot of people call Texas Chainsaw Massacre a slasher movie, but it more just fits in the realm of uh, exploitation horror movie to me. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't really discovered that realm yet in those movies. And so maybe because of the datedness and the fact that it's not bloody or anything like that maybe it just didn't strike that chord with yeah. me i don't know but i mean the second time i watched it i was blown away by it and i was like this is like the greatest fucking movie i've ever seen <laughs> yeah yeah i don't wonder uh maybe i was just sleepy or something i don't i don't know what it was well, i mean anything but, can affect like an experience of watching a movie yeah. though i mean just like having a bad day or, or you know what you're going through in your life so i mean it, it can always uh, I mean, there's probably all kinds of examples we don't even consciously know. For sure. Uh, you know, movies that didn't work for us or movies that hit with us. And then later we think, oh, why did I love that movie so much? And it's like, oh, maybe you were just going through something and that really resonated with you in the moment, you know? Yeah. Because um, I feel like th- there's examples of that too, where movies I just thought were totally amazing. And then you look back on them when you're older and more mature 
you just think, oh, uh, I for think, sure. I think Forrest Gump is a great example. When really? I saw that as a young person, yeah. I was like, this is a great movie. And then, like, I saw it as an adult, and I was just like, <laughs> this is, uh, this has some mixed messages. And uh, I, uh, I haven't went back and watched that one. <laughs> I mean, it's still fun, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I, are there any that you have? That you didn't like, that you went back to give him a chance later, and like, no, I still don't like that. <laughs> oh, I can't think. I can't think of one off the top of my head. Uh. Yeah, there are. There are some with you. Yeah, yeah. There's a. You were like, I got to reevaluate this, and you're like, nope, still sucks. Yeah. yeah, there's two. I hate to even do it because I love him so much, and his he made so many movies that really laid a foundation for me. And how much I love horror, mm-hmm. uh, but it's my soul to take and cursed. So oh, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry to. I'm sorry to do that to Wes, because he made so many other insanely impactful movies that still blow me away. I can still watch Nightmare on Elm Street and be like, God damn! Like some of the mm-hmm. stuff he did, the creativity that he has, just unreal. I can still watch Scream and be elated and excited to sit there and quote every single line. You no, know, you listen here, you little bitch. You hang up on me again. <laughs> I'll cut you like a fish. Understand? Just like I, I love it. But man, I went back and tried to watch Cursed, and I went back and tried to watch My Soul to Take and. It's like somebody else made those movies. My solo take, I remember being yeah. really disappointing. Yeah, that that one is hard because it was. He made Red Eye though, which was solid. It was great, and that's like in that rough era. Yeah, it I mean, it's like right after time. Cursed, right? Yeah. So I mean, yeah. and I know Cursed was Cursed. I know it had a lot of problems mm-hmm. behind the scenes, and I really, I'm really curious to see what the original Cursed looked like because mm-hmm. they basically. I think not even basically. I think they actually literally did reshoot that entire movie mm. with like other some other actors and everything. So I'd really be interested to see what that uh, original version of Cursed looked like. And right. So I know Cursed. I don't really blame him because I know it was it had a lot of problems, you know, behind the scenes with it and trying to get it done, but. I sold to take, man. It was rough. <laughs> it was rough to sit through again. So, uh. but I mean, he made other countless movies that impacted oh, yeah. the genres. So, like every decade, basically, he basically reinvented. He he re yeah. yeah. I mean, so much of what he did was so in creative and inventive and spawned. I mean. So many ripoffs, so many direct sequels. I mean, it's just he's a, he's entitled to a few uh, yeah misses here and there. Yeah, you yeah. can have you can have some. No one makes every single movie great. So, on that note, how about you guys? If you're watching this on YouTube, maybe you could comment. Tell us what are some uh, movies that you reevaluated. Yeah. What? Yes, do that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well. That's all we got for you this time. Thank you for joining us. Adam, thank you for participating. Thank you, sir. Until next time. Holler at your boys, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Thank you, guys. Thank you.
the motherfucking Holocaust! Woo!